With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. This is SB Nation Radio. The next generation of sports radio. This is the Charlie Epps Golf Hour featuring Bill Harmon. Good shot. It's about time. Hey, it is about time. I mean, I just couldn't get the ball in the hole. I wanted to but I just couldn't do it. The Charlie Epps Golf Hour is powered by Insperity with the golf doctor, Charlie Epps. Here's your host, John Granado. Good morning, everybody. This is Charlie Epps, live from Houston, Texas, the Charlie Epps Golf Hour, featuring none other than Bill Harmon, who is in California. A lot has happened over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we buried a king. We've honored a king. Golf goes on in Europe. He's back. Tiger Woods has committed to next week's tournament, the Safeway Tournament in California. Bill, the beat goes on. Well, it sure does, Charlie. Uh, and, of course, the exciting Ryder Cup, which the Americans uh, performed very well. Yes, and we're going to have a post-conversation with our good friend Bruce Davidson, um, who is going to come in at the bottom of the hour, and uh, he thinks we're going to pick on him, but uh, and we might. What do you think? <laughs> well, he's from Scotland, and he's been uh, picking on us for 20 years, so he might have it coming. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I heard absolutely. You, you had a nice evening last night. Yeah, there's a big concert out here called Desert Trip, and... Uh, Last night, Bob Dylan and the Rolling Stones performed for oh. about 75,000 people. Oh, my gosh. And tonight, Paul McCartney and Neil Young are performing in uh, Sunday Night to Who. Come on. So it's a great weekend of music. Wow, what a great lineup. What does it cost yeah. for a, a, Do you go every night? Yeah, uh, our passes cost uh, $700 a piece for the three nights. Holy cow. Yeah. And you, but you get a lot of satisfaction, right? You really get a lot of satisfaction, especially <laughs> the last song of the night, you bet. <laughs> but I, I know you, you have to be very satisfied with uh, your longtime friend, student, mentor, Jay Haas, at the age of 60-plus, puts a 64 on the board. Yes, you did yesterday, and... Uh, He's got his wife, Jan, caddying for him, and uh, about a month ago, he decided to make some changes in his swing, and we talked over a bunch of things, and he's gotten progressively better, and the uh, lesson there is is that regardless of how good you are or how good you've been, and whatever age you're at, you can still improve, and uh, so Jay came in a couple shots of shooting his age, which is pretty good when you're 62 years old. Oh, my gosh. But that also <laughs> proves that, you know, w- when you make a change, you have to practice. And, um, you know, he works it out on the practice tee and then just goes play and plays golf, correct? Well, what was interesting is his first tournament where he, he's made a big grip change and a couple other things. He he finished 40th at Pebble Beach, but he said he played better. So he saw a lot of good things. 
and then the next tournament he finished 12th, and he's had a couple weeks off, and he's been working on it. And he came back, and he's leading the tournament now. So uh, pretty good stuff. You know, that's awesome. It's It was really a neat part of the, the tournament and how they honored the king, where they had, a, you know, a moment of silence, but everybody opened up an Arnold Palmer umbrella. Well, uh, you know, we could talk. We could spend the whole show really talking about Arnold Palmer. He's been... I don't know. There's. Uh, I've just never met anybody that achieved so much on the golf course or uh, on the field of play. And when he passed away, they never talked about that. They talked about what kind of person he was, and they very rarely mentioned his incredible record of over sixty wins and seven majors. It was all about uh, how he treated people, how he handled himself, uh, what it meant to him to be a golf professional, and how he was supposed to act and. Uh, uh, really, uh, quite a couple weeks, really, in golf when you think about how many people love this guy. And uh, Jay was fortunate enough to go to the ceremony last Tuesday, and he said it was one of the most beautiful and wonderful things he's ever attended. Well, the tribute was unbelievable. Not only did I see it on, on television, but I listened to it on radio. And the, and, wow. And, and all the speeches, they... they, they uh, they replayed everything, and it's so visual of of, of what everybody said, and 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 as as the the impact he had off the golf course. Um, w- one of the times I got to, to meet him was in Spain, and even in the foreign countries, he he was just so so cared for. I mean, everybody loved him, and and he just had a had a way about him that was just second to none, and uh, my hat's off to him. I mean, he's going to... Lee Trevino said something interesting. He said, if you asked a a baseball fan today if they've heard of Ty Cobb, he said 90% of them wouldn't have heard of him, but if you asked a baseball fan today if they've heard of Arnold Palmer, they'd have heard of him. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you know, and you think about, you know, he's the king. You say the king, and everybody knows he's Arnold Palmer. You know, the babe was Babe Ruth. Pelé was the famous soccer player from Brazil. So, you know, Seve from, you know, once you can sure. be identified by one one name, you're, you're, you know, you're You've an icon. Yes, yes, exa- exactly right. And his grandson did such a great job in the trip. Beautiful job. Man, I was blown away by that. I mean, that was just such a great, great moment in that young man's life. And, uh, but in, anyways, uh, it, it's it's great. Um, back to back to golf, and uh, I guess the, the only only thing we can say he's back. I think it's great. I can't wait to see how he plays. I hope he's healthy, and I hope he can use this as a stepping stone to play in the full schedule next year or now this year. I guess we call it. And the person we're talking about is the Tiger. Tiger Woods is is back. He's committed to play in an event. He's got a, a schedule mapped out for the next three months to play in an event each month. He's going to go to Turkey, starting out in California, going to Turkey, and then he's going to finish up in the Bahamas at his event where he raises a lot of money for his foundation. But it's an exciting comeback, and uh, I, I too, hope he's, he's healthy. Uh, you know, you, you can't bet against him. 
Well, he had to be thinking watching Phil at the Ryder Cup. I'm 40. Phil's 46. And look how good Phil's playing. Look how good Stricker's playing at 49 and Furyk at 47. He has to be thinking that, you know, that if he can get healthy, guys that he was much better than. His whole career is still performing quite well. You know, look at look at Jack Nicklaus as the age of seventy six. You know, we were up at Muirfield, and, and he still likes to compete, and he has a handicap, and he's not afraid to ask for it. You know, he plays <laughs> to about a six. And Larry Dornish, oh, that's the, great, the head professional at Muirfield, and he says, Jack, you can't have say the heck I can. I qualified for it. I'm, I'm, you know, that's right. And, that's and where he, I shoot. So, you know, this game is, you know, I'm. I'm closing in on even par 72, and I I like it more now than I ever did. Yeah, that's great. It's a game of a lifetime. They've always said it. And now that we're older, Charlie, we understand yeah. it. That's exactly right. And and we must uh, talk about the ladies for a couple minutes. They're, they're playing over in uh, uh, Taiwan, ta- uh, Taipei. Um, and they're going at it. Uh, there's still a lot of, you know, the Asian girls are dominating uh that tour, except the Canadian uh, young lady Brooke Henderson, she she's kind of hanging in there, um, but uh, they, that goes on also. I mean, Paula Kramer's making a little comeback. Um, yeah, almost. the American girls uh, won two tournaments this year on the LPGA tour. That's hard to believe, isn't it? I did not realize that two tournaments. Two. Gee, and uh, if you if you take away Lydia Ko, I think kind of gave away the Open. Uh, out there in Northern California, you know, the best player on the tour kind oh, of yes. gave one away. It's yeah. weird if only won one. <laughs> <laughs> she was. That's hard it's to, hard to believe, really. It's hard, hard to understand. We're going to talk. It really about, is hard to believe. Talk about that after we break here in a few minutes on, on a little instruction from Bill Harmon, who, who likes to post uh, great comments on, on Facebook. And I really enjoy reading your, 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 uh, your blog. Uh, you got to start writing more of that because you're so such, you know, such a, 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 how can I say it, It, full of history, full of knowledge, and we got to share that, Bill. That's 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 one of my. Yeah, I just try to share my experiences. I don't really make absolute statements. I just try to share the, the wonderful experience I've had because of the great game of golf. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you hear the music. That was Bill Harmon. I'm Charlie Epps on the Charlie Epps Golf Hour on SB Nation Radio, live from Houston, Texas. Stay tuned. We'll be right back, and we're talking golf with Bill Harmon. This is SB Nation Radio, and you're listening to the Charlie Epps Golf Hour. Powered by Insperity, with the golf doctor himself, Charlie Epps, and Bill Harmon. Here's your host, John Granado. Yes, sir. A lot of satisfaction. How about that, Bill? I like that. Our producer is on the ball this morning. He walked in a little Very late, good. but he's he, he's on the ball. He's got it going. A lot of satisfaction. Before we uh, we break to talk with Davidson, uh, Bruce Davidson, about uh, post Ryder Cup comments and uh, where the Ryder Cup is going, um, some news this week, and it, it's related to backs, back trouble. And uh, we have Jason Day, the number one player in the world, who's shutting it down for the rest of the year so he can get his back into shape. Uh, we have Justin Rose, 
Cook, who just got through playing in the Ryder Cup. Uh, he's been plagued with a bad back all year. Here's my question. First, a comment. I think most of the bad back problems, like a Tiger Woods, are because of excess working out with heavy weights. I don't think the bad backs are a result of the swing, per se. It's just the way they're, they're, they're working out. I think they, they've got to stop this insanity uh, that they want to become a, you know, Mr. Olympian. Billy, how do you see it? Well, I think it is uh, twofold, um, or maybe threefold. I think that they are getting too big and too strong. And they're creating so much speed now with the little ligaments and tendons that, you know, hold things together just aren't strong enough anymore to uh, to maintain their body. And, and I think, Charlie, and I do believe this, I think the modern-day swing, you know, with no hip turn going back and kind of the X factor, uh, along with the physical fitness, and the explosive nature of these guys' swings, I just don't think the body can stand up to it. And we never had this in, in uh, golf up until about the last 20 years. You know, these guys were never injured like this. We're talking about people in their 20s now. We're not talking about guys that have been playing the tour 25 years. It's different guys that have hit tens of millions of balls. We're talking about very, very young men who are really one swing away from ending their career. Justin Rose and Jason Day are a swing away, in my opinion. It's, it's unbelievable. And there's more guys on tour that, 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 that come every, every, every week with, uh, with problems like this. And plus the fact, this is the one-week off-season. Now, you know, the tour starts back again next week. They, they don't let their bodies rest. And, and Patrick Reed, who was one of the stars... Uh, of the Ryder Cup is is starting right back, and he's going to go finish the European Tour and try to win the money title over there. The, these guys got to rest some, so that's you know I, our listeners. I just want to make sure that you know you watch out how you're working out, and it, working out is good, but you, you don't want to hurt yourself. So uh, I think en- enough said on on that topic there, uh, Bill. As as we we. Well, you know, we have the poster child coming back in in Tiger Woods this week. Here's a guy that I think everybody's had four knee surgeries and three back surgeries already. He's 40 years old. Yeah, yeah. There there are not going to be many, you know, careers like Gary Player or or Nicholas that, you know, they got stronger as they matured, mainly because they were, um, you know, just walking and playing golf and, and, and not over, you know. One of the things, Bill, that I've investigated in, and I'm very impressed, uh, is Tathada Golf. Tathada Golf is is come about in the last couple of years. It's it's a it's a exercise based way to improve somebody's ability to move their body through martial art training, through you know no weights with a golf club. And I think I'm going to continue, you know, improving and get, you know, certified in Tathata Golf so I can help kids and, and people, especially ladies, improve the way they move their body. That is a very interesting program. And I, and I think that, the, that it's um, uh, probably something that will catch on 
uh, long-term in golf. Because I've often wondered if, if these same players were doing yoga and different stretching exercises and not doing all the weights. You know, they may not hit it as far, but they don't have to hit it as far as they hit nowadays. Everybody's a long hitter. And, and so, uh, yeah, I'm very intrigued by why all these young players are on the shelf. And in my opinion, maybe one swing away from uh, ending their careers, because there's no law saying the Tiger's going to be able to come back. We don't know how healthy he's going to be. He's still always talking about speed and explosiveness. And, you know, how about getting in the fairway? How about talking about getting in the fairway? He was the best in the world from 150 yards in. So all he's got to do is get it in the fairway, and if his short game is half of what it used to be, uh, he could still compete at the highest level. You know, it's, it's hard to believe that that he he got to the depths that he got because of his short game and his his chipping. You know, once that gets into your game, and you said it many times, Bill, you start yipping that chipper, and it 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 doesn't go away. And plus, I think he's got the yips for the driver, too. So I think he's got two really interesting uh, yips, one with the, the biggest swing you make and one with the smallest swing you make. So uh, there's no law saying that you ever, ever get that back. That that you, you might get back to where you're reasonable again at it, but it's very hard to go from the yips to being great again, I think. Very, very hard. We know that very, very well. And... We're going to talk about that in the in the next segment with Bruce Davidson, uh, and get his opinion as as a teacher. Uh, he is one of the principals in a project called the Condre Plantation over in South Carolina that really is going to train a lot of young people to play golf uh, involved with the first tee. And we'll see what kind of exercise program he is going to put his kids through. But uh, Bill, we're going to uh, we got a one minute to go right now before we break. Um, what's the first question you're going to ask Bruce? Well, I want his impressions on the Ryder Cup. I don't need to needle him about it. The results are there. And the results have been there for the Europeans uh, the last uh, 20 years. So I just want his overall impressions. Uh, I think the European fans, to be honest with you, are just as bad as our fans were. And the reality is our fans were great. There were just about five people that were complete idiots, and they ruined it for everybody. And I wish that some of these tournaments would adopt what they do at Augusta. You start screaming, you're the man, and get in the hole and cheeseburger and baked potato. You just get escorted off the property. Yeah, the, the, the security. Just get them out of there. That's it's, all. It's got to it's got to change because it was it was ugly and uh, it's not em- right and em- embarrassing and and uh, you know Greg Norman's put up with some of it in in New York and and Rory you know he may had a couple confrontations there so yeah we don't want that in in the game of golf or in any sport for that matter but uh, but Bruce Davis is going to be with us um, this is the Charlie Epps Golf Hour on SB Nation Radio. Uh, we're going to talk about Puerto Vallarta Pro-Am when we come back after this break. I want everybody to stay stay right where you are, and we're going to have a great conversation between Bruce Davidson, Bill Harmon, talking about the past Ryder Cup and what's going to happen in the future. Y'all stay tuned.
This is SB Nation Radio, and you're listening to the Charlie Epps Golf Hour, powered by Insperity, with the golf doctor himself, Charlie Epps, and Bill Harmon. Here's your host, John Granado. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking golf on the Charlie Epps Golf Hour. I always like to talk about Puerto Vallarta, Mexico in December. It's a great event, the Pro-Am that Billy Sitton and his wife Jackie put on every year. We stay at the Casa Magna Marriott. It's a week-long celebration of golf on three great golf courses, great hospitality. We stay at the Casa Magna Marriott right on the on the ocean. It's great beaches, great pool, great accommodations, great service. The, the people that work at Puerto Vallarta, the people that work at Casa Magna are just so nice, so hospitable. So if you're in the market of, for a fun week of golf, log on to PuertoVallartaProam.com. Get the information. There's still room for a few teams. So uh, we'll see you in, in December in Puerto Vallarta, and I'll buy you your first uh, margarita. Having said that, we've been talking with Bill Harmon. Now we're joined by our good friend Bruce Davidson, who... Uh, was the director of golf at River Oaks, and then he started a new project, and which we're going to visit with him about, and then we're going to talk about post Ryder Cup. Bruce, welcome to the show, and thanks for getting up this early on a Saturday. It's eight uh, thirty, Charlie. It's not too early, and thanks for having me on, guys. So hope you're both well. Bring us up to date on on your project over in South Carolina, and we pray that you know the Matthew is not doing it any harm right now. Well, Matthew came and came and went, Charlie. And uh, right now, I'm waiting to hear from our superintendent, our partner John McNeely, is on the phone to him. Yes, we have sustained sustained some damage. It's actually the third huge storm we've had during construction. Of course, this one was much worse. But let's keep it in perspective, guys. None of our people were hurt. We evacuated everyone. We've lost a few trees. We know we may have lost of a building here or there, but. Thank God nothing worse happened than that. Just give us a little overview so that people understand what what actually is, is going on over there at, at Congaree. Well, Congaree is a philanthropic venture. Uh, our partners, our owners are, are Dan Friedkin and Bob McNair, who everyone in Houston knows both those gentlemen. And uh, it's, a, it's a unique venture. It's a truly philanthropic club. Um, we're trying to bring uh, a better life to people throughout the world who deserve more opportunity, particularly uh, underprivileged children. And the idea is a very simple one, is that that our ambassadors, who are members of our club, make a donation to our 501c3, uh, the the purpose of which is to provide vocational and educational opportunities for underprivileged children. The golf course is finished. Our 18 holes are complete. I think it's a very important golf course for many reasons. Um, I hate going to see a movie when someone tells me it's the best movie they've ever seen, and I'm disappointed. So John and I would like to keep our powder dry, but we don't think people who play the golf course will be disappointed. Well, Bill, we've waited for this uh, moment for the last six years because of the Ryder Cup. What's the first question that you would like to extend to Bruce? I just wanted to uh, uh, ask Bruce uh, what his uh, overview of the event was, you know, just what what was your final take on the Ryder Cup there at Hazeltine, and not just the outcome, but just uh, 
from the standpoint of the players, the rookies, the captain's picks, uh, the crowd. Give us a little bit about what you thought about the event, please. Well, Bill, I think Law of Averages said that the United States was going to win one. Um, and if, if you looked at this team on paper, as I suppose the last several teams on paper, it was certainly the strongest one uh, of the two teams. But I actually think it may have been the strongest one the Americans had since Dave Meyer was captain at Walton Heath all those years ago. Um, I bet on the Americans uh, two or three weeks before, actually. The bookies' odds in Britain had them favorites. It wasn't a big bet. I never do, but I did bet on the Americans. I thought they would win, and I wish I doubled my bet when I saw Darren Clark and picked Lee Westwood. Uh, I think all of us have stood beside Lee Westwood on the practice tee at Augusta or the Open Championship or wherever and marveled at his ball striking. But it's well known that his putting has given him problems over the last two or three years, a short game in general. And I, for one, I wouldn't like to play foursomes with Lee Westwood because if I missed the green, I would think he wouldn't get it close. And then vice versa, if if, uh, he missed the green, I, I would think I'd have to pitch it to two feet if he had a chance of making it. So I, I think it was a bad pick to put him in the team. Uh, I was disappointed for Russell Knox, who's a Scots guy, who actually, if he had wanted to play for the U.S. team, had amassed enough points over here to play for America because he technically has dual citizenship. I, I think Clark did a great job in, in picking Peters because obviously he is a superstar to be, but to pick Westwood over Knox was a mistake. And then if you look at it, we've looked at these things for years and talked about how the Europeans putted better. Well, the Europeans didn't putt very well. Justin Rose didn't putt very well on the last day for sure. Um, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Andy Sullivan, some of the rookies didn't perform. And the United States played better. And my, I think I'll remember the Mickelson-Garcia match for the rest of my life. <clears throat> I watched that again last night. I taped it, and, and you're right. That was some display of, of golf uh, between those two gentlemen, and, and to make those, that many birdies in that environment is, is really incredible. You know, I, I really thought that, um, you, and you've got to give credit to the, to the PGA of America, that, uh, which owns the, the portion of the Ryder Cup here in the United States, did a good job in in admitting that uh, they needed help and they put together a task force, uh, came up with some new ideas, put some new energy in it. And and one of the, the hidden gems was Tiger being an assistant captain and the players just were marveled by his attitude and, and how he took that, that role and, and really embraced it. Yeah, I think... Uh... I wish Darren Clark had done the same thing with Lee Westwood from a European perspective. I think if he'd done that, he'd been smart enough to do that. But if you look at the, at the captaincy, pa, pa, um, excuse me, um, Paul McGinley was a statistician, left nothing to chance, no stone unturned. Darren Clark is a gambler by nature, and I think gamblers tend to go by their gut feel. And I think his pick of Westwood was probably a gut feel. It was a risk. He thought it might. He, he might uh, hit the jackpot, and he did not because he played poorly, as did Keimer. Uh, I turned the television off in the Keimer game because I thought it was gone, and then I think that had been the only point Keimer got or close to it. So his picks didn't perform, and then to be 4-0 down in the first 
in the first foursomes. There was no coming back from that. I, I think the bookies stopped taking bets, actually. So all in all, well done, guys. The Americans justly recovered the Ryder Cup. Bill? You know, I thought the interesting thing about the task force is they essentially did what the Europeans have been doing since Tony Jacklin took over. <laughs> the Europeans were doing this the whole time. They didn't call it a task force, but they had continuity, and they groomed their uh, vice captains into captains. I thought they did a heck of a job, the PGA, and finally recognizing that something had to be done to include the players a little bit. The... Uh, the President's Cup is a good example of that. They have promoted within, and, and Jay Haas was was uh, their you know assistant captain for for two great sessions for Freddie Couples, and he learned so much. And now Steve Stricker, who is now the President's Cup captain, has and Tiger is going to be the assistant captain over there too. So that continuity is, is coming on. How about the overall? Effect? demeanor of the players. Rory was so into it. And, of course, our, you know, key player was Reed. I mean, how do we, how do we, you think that Reed could beat Rory on that, on that Sunday? That was just a marvelous match. We've got a little music going on there. We're going to leave that thought for the boys when we come back. We'll talk about Rory and Patrick Reed's match on the final Sunday of this year's Ryder Cup. This is uh, the Charlie F. Golf, to you, golf, golf Show brought to you by Insperity and Puerto Vallarta Pro-Am. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is SB Nation Radio, and you're listening to the Charlie Epps Golf Hour. Powered by Insperity with the golf doctor himself, Charlie Epps, and Bill Harmon. Here's your host, John Granado. We're back. We're with Bruce Davidson discussing post Ryder Cup uh, stories. Uh, I thought the interesting, you know, reaction of how emotional the players got. Bruce, uh, I'd like to see your take on on Roy McIlroy and and the player that he's turning into. Uh, what did you think of his performance? Well, I think he let the team down. Frankly, um, you know, obviously you're in you're in uh, be like. Manchester United playing Manchester City. One of the teams is on home ground, and there's always going to be more fans, and I think Rory let the fans get to him. There was one point in time where he, the camera came very close to him, and he said, come on, but there was an expletive before it. Um, he got two, two amped up, uh, and Patrick Reed had his number. So I like the way Ricky Fowler deals with it which is it's just another day he gets a little pumped up, but not. And I think Rory emotionally drained himself with his histrionics on the front nine, frankly. Uh, and, and it brings a bigger point to me. I, I think it's great TV. I mean, I, who could take their eyes off that? Whichever side you were pulling for, it was terrific viewing, which I guess is what it's all about. But it brings back to me the point that if we're trying to make golf for everyone, and I disagree with that because I don't think golf is for everyone, is that the type of behavior that we like, where the, the crowds are shouting in their backswing and and they're ejecting people? I, I, I was I thought it was a little over the top, frankly. Bill Patrick Reed, how did you, you know, 
review his his Ryder Cup? Well, he obviously, you know, played very well. But I kind of agree with Bruce. I, I think one of the the main tenets of golf is you respect the person's right to play his stroke. And when the crowds got to a point where they didn't respect the uh, Europeans' right to play a stroke, I thought that was way over the top. And then the Europeans reacted kind of accordingly, you know, and got very upset, which I understand. Uh, but then I think Rory brought some of this stuff on himself for the way he acted. Um, Agreed. And it was incredible to me that Reed could kind of perform in that atmosphere because he was doing a little bit of it himself. Uh, but I think I think maybe Bruce is right. I think Rory wore himself out screaming and yelling for three days. And I think the back nine, he made three bogeys and only lost one down in a, what was a real pivotal match, I thought. I thought the Europeans were going to win the Stenson and, and McElroy match and get right back in the Ryder Cup. So I, I thought his loss was a very big loss on on Sunday, a very big win for Patrick Reed. I I really came away with the impression of, of one player, I, I think, really dominate the game, and, and he's got a good pedigree, and that's that's Thomas Peters. Uh, he he really showed a lot of ability, uh, not only because he can hit it so flipping far, but he came up with great shots when he needed to, Bruce. I mean, he, he's a star of the future. You know, everyone says that, Charlie, and I would I would uh, I'd like to hear Billy chip in. But Rory was the star of the future six or seven years ago, and Peter impressed me as much as Rory did. So, I mean, you know, one swallow doesn't make a summer. I'm not trying to be so negative. I think the guy's an extremely good player. He's won three times on the European Tour, and he came across as a nice guy, and he's only 24 years old, and his swing is perfect. But I hate to label these guys as stars of the future. You know, it reminds me of Keith Fergus, the next Nicholas, Hal Sutton, the next Nicholas. These guys never lived up to their billing because they couldn't handle the hype of the media. So the guy had a great Ryder Cup. He's a nice player, obviously. Darren Clark, Pete Cowan coaches him. He's got everything in the world going for him. I would just see, let's see how it plays out. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think he's obviously very, very good. But, you know, one good Ryder Cup doesn't uh, make a career. And he's got a big upside. He's won the NCAA. And, but there's a lot that goes into being a great player. Bruce alluded to it. And the press, and not everybody wants to be the man because being the man means that a great and private life is taken away from you. It takes a pretty special person to want to put up with all that stuff. That's for sure. And and talking about a guy that puts himself right in the middle of the bullseye, Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson is is almost you know the the heir apparent to be the Ryder Cup you know captain, everything like that. He said a couple of things at the beginning of the week that he had to apologize for. He's always apologizing for things that he says. But overall, at the age of 46, he performed pretty darn good. He certainly did. I I must say, though, that as a fan, I thought the handshake that he and Sergio had on the last green was about as cold as ice as you could get. I don't think there's any love lost between those two. 
I thought they're for the 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 epic match that they played. You'd have thought they might have spent twenty seconds talking to each other. You know, in eighteenth green, and boy, that was kind of a drive-by handshake. I thought I didn't think it was a whole lot of love <laughs> those two guys. Bruce, we, we've got one more minute. Some some your thoughts up about Phil and in. What, what's your impression? I think Phil's 46 years old and still pissed off that he hasn't been the man for the last 20 years because Tiger was. And I think he still thinks he can be the man, and obviously he can't now. And, and his his performance will go down as probably the best. I mean, 46 years old, you make 10 birdies on Sunday? That doesn't happen. That is Bruce fantastic. Davidson. We appreciate you coming into the show. We want you more often. We appreciate your comments. Bill Harmon, I Hope Thanks, you enjoyed guys. your satisfaction last night. This has been the I Charlie did. Epps Golf Hour brought to you in Sparity, inspiring business performance. And uh, we close in honoring the king. He'll live on in infinity.